Hey, this is Craig Wade and Brian Allen Delaney from B Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on Blab.im Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon, and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. (laughs) (laughs) Bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a Lobo. (sighs) Uh, Loppers? Slingshot. (gasps) Yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Barely Living the Dream. I am Mel House, and uh, once again, I'm rolling solo on this episode. Um, Things are just a little crazy, so it's been hard to sort of get us all in the same place, or even two of us in the same place. Um, It's coming, but uh, right now things are a little nuts. Um, I've been working on stuff. Brittany and Chris have been working on stuff. We're all sort of scattered and in different places right now. so I figured just to, uh, so we can kind of keep the new episodes coming. I mean, we're planning a couple, you know, a couple more down the road when we all get back together. Um, but I didn't want, uh, I didn't want the ground to go fallow. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, put up a, a, you know, an update. And this may be a, this may end up being a shorter episode. I just don't know how much I can talk about, you know, the stuff I have to talk about that's just me. I feel like Chris and Brittany might have a lot more to add <laughs> at this point because of uh, the project they're working on, um, but I do have some updates of my own, I guess, so uh, we'll touch on that. Um, I guess, let's see, where do I start? Well, um, I guess the last episode I did was with Ramsey, and that was when I was in Los Angeles. Um, we had, I believe when I did that episode, we had just finished... Um, or no, we were. It was right before uh, we we were just getting ready to start the second um, or the pickup shoot for sequence break, uh, which are mainly effect shots and uh, insert shots and sort of like weird stuff. Um, but we got through that. That was actually a really good weekend, um, and got a lot of good stuff. Uh, we we're able to wrap out uh, with confidence. Can't wait to see how that's coming together. So I did that. Then I kind of, uh, I was in LA for a couple more days uh, on that on that run because I eventually, the following weekend after sequence break, I was the assistant director on a video for Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, 
which is a musical supergroup that includes um, William Duvall from Alice in Chains, uh, Brent Brent Hines from Mastodon, um, uh, the, uh, Thomas Pridgen is the drummer. He was in the Mars Volta. Um, the guitarist uh, Ben Weinman from the Dillinger Escape Plan, um, and it's actually on his. It's on Ben Weinman's la- label, Party Smasher. So they're they're signed to that that label. Uh, and the bass player is um, Pete, who I can't remember his last name. Pete Holmes, maybe. He's a cool guy, but he's who's the bass player in Death Clock. He's actually a, a pretty um, in demand session guy. He's played with a lot of um, a lot of big acts. But anyway, we uh, I was the assistant director on that video, which was directed by Josh Forbes. Uh, and produced by friends and friends of friends that uh, a lot of people that kind of in some some degree or another were involved with sequence break or even before that wicked tricks um, so that was uh it was a crazy it was just a one day shoot and it was it was nuts it was probably the most one of the busiest and most frustrating days of my life um, if I'm gonna be totally honest but also the most one of the most rewarding experiences because um the stuff we got was great the guys in the band were great to work with they were kind of down for anything and really into the process of making this weird little violent video um the song is really good so i never got tired of hearing it which says a lot because i heard it a bunch (laughs) in the lead up to shooting the video and then that day you know for playback and then uh let's see uh that they've I, that's i believe going to be the next video single they release the, the song's already been released it's uh the song's called blood moon and it's the se- i believe the second single off their album and their album comes out at the end of september so i imagine the video will be will, will drop fairly soon so um keep an eye out for that when you see it remember uh i was the assistant director on that <laughs> i helped make every all that crazy stuff happen um and hope you enjoy it i i think it's i think it's gonna be really fun to watch okay so there was that and then uh let's see what happened after that i came um came back to houston for a bit i was that before i taught the this is funny because everything kind of runs together i i think the film camp i taught right before yeah, that's right. I taught the uh, I taught the film camp at Aurora right before I left to go back for sequence break and do the video. Then when I came back from the video, um, the week after that was the uh, premiere of the of the films that we shot at film, the film camp at the Museum of Fine Arts. So that's it's a lot of back and forth. <laughs> and then let's see. After that, I got uh, I got hired to work on a film in Las Vegas, um, and then. In the process of preparing for that, I got hired to work on another film after that in Las Vegas. Um, And then in the process of sort of getting my head around that, I got an email. um, Well, yeah, it's like all this stuff happened like in the space of three days. It's weird. Um, I was sort of breaking, doing the breakdown for the script of the first film in Las Vegas, which was... uh, it would say it's a fan. It was a family film about puppies uh, that Tim Robel brought me on, and um, very good. I mean, the money was great. Um, film 
was a you know slightly disorganized um but so it, i had a lot of work to do and i was also the only there was just a first there was no second ad so there's a lot to sort of a lot of work to to do from the outset um but that's fine and and while i was doing that uh let's see i got so let's see the first email i got i got an email from my friend uh our friend jason that we've worked with a bunch uh, he's actually the the new visual effects supervisor on on Imago. Uh, he produced Wicked Tricks, which is the last movie I worked on. He was the visual effects supervisor. Last movie I worked on with him as an AD, and then prior to that, he was the VFX supervisor on Cold Descent. He was the VFX supervisor on Clinger. Uh, uh, um, independently of me knowing him, it's funny. Kind of everything sort of. It's a small world. We're starting to learn. Everything sort of comes together. But anyway, um, he emailed me and asked me if I would be willing to line produce and assistant direct uh, for him again. And that was that was basically what I did on Wicked Tricks. But it was it's the I guess the kicker for this was that I'd be line producing and assistant directing a film that was co-written and starring Penn Jillette from Penn and Teller, and. Um, so I immediately was like, uh, "How can I make this work?" So, like in a good way, I was like, "Let's let's figure out what it would take." Um, because Penn, Penn and Teller, I've loved since I was a kid, and you know, Penn, I listened to his podcast, and you know, I kind of, I kind of dig the way that he looks at things, Teller as well. So I was really excited to sort of jump onto that, and that's kind of currently what I'm working on. We're we're working on uh, setting our shoot dates right now but i'm kind of i'm trying to build the crew trying to figure out all the all, all the line producery stuff like all the um the nuts and bolts of putting the movie together because we're shooting um we're actually shooting at uh Penn's old house which is still standing but and it's a really cool place you can actually see it online but uh I believe there's only electricity like there's no running water and things like that so it's like we have to figure out a lot of uh production management type infrastructure things to figure out how to make the you know how to make everything run smoothly uh so that's kind of what i'm in the midst of now but we're going to be shooting that uh, in the next couple weeks to month or so and i believe it's a 15-day shoot so that's going to be fun that's a fun little um fun little genre picture that's a really good sort of one one location contained script, but uh, different in a lot of ways from a lot of stuff I've read like that. So I'm really excited to get to get started on it. And the guy that was the other co-writer and the director was uh, is a is a gentleman that directed a lot of the bullshit episodes. He's done a lot of work with Penn already. Uh, I think this is just his first feature, so I'm excited to work with him. You know, in that regard. Uh, because these are all people that I really respect. So so that kind of came down the pipe while I was sort of working on the other film in Las Vegas. So it was interesting that I got two sort of back-to-back -back gigs in Las Vegas. And then in the, in the process of, you know, working the details of those two things out, I got another request that kind of blew my mind. Uh, and I don't know if... Because of the the dates on the two films and and the production dates, um, I don't know if this is going to come to pass. But uh, I actually I was asked to assist be the assistant director on Adam Green's new movie, um, 
which they're beginning they're prepping to shoot very soon and that was i mean honestly i was whether or not i eventually end up getting the job i'm flattered that they'd even ask so and and the ask came from will barrett um the who is yeah you've heard me mention will barrett on here before he's shot a bunch of the stuff i've talked about that i've worked on but he's he's also adam green's um uh main the dp that he uses all the time like they they kind of came up together you know in boston and jason miller who i just mentioned is also part of that group um but i've you know from working with will a few times we've forged a professional relationship i think we respect one another and like working together and uh he emailed me and asked me if i'd be into it and i was like hell yeah dude uh but here's the caveat you know i have this uh, this one christian thing i'm working on this other pendulette thing i'm working on i don't know what then the dates kind of were in a, at the time they were going to like directly overlap with everything so i had you know i was like I, i'm super flattered that you asked but i don't know if i can make it work but i'll let you know and then dates kind of moved around and things happened to where i kind of freed up a little bit so i i told them that if they're still looking or even if they need a second or whatever i'd still be willing to come on and they were pretty open to it so i'm waiting to hear back from that because their dates changed as well so i don't know you know it's that's part of the dance but again it was mind-blowing that they they even thought to ask uh, you know me me to do that it's i'm i'm flattered uh, i i'm obviously uh glad that people want to work with me in that regard of course the dark side to that for anybody that's been listening to the podcast is that these are all you, you know you understand these are all assistant director jobs that i'm getting offered and i and i have kind of mentioned multiple times on air <laughs> that i i just hate ading and you know it's not i don't enjoy it really um and it's something that i'm trying to get away from but obviously you know i made the exceptions back then like if it were if the money was good or if it were like a you know a really special project and these all kind of fit the bill in one way or another so um i don't mind doing it with the end again i don't mind i also don't mind doing it when i'm with a group of people whose expectations i'm familiar with like i know if i'm working with will i know how long he takes to set up shots which is not very long at all he shoots very quickly and not just quick he doesn't just shoot quickly he shoots well you know for someone that moves quick um, you know, if I'm if I'm line producing something as well as assistant directing, it's kind of a living hell in some ways because those are like the two most difficult jobs I think to do. But I don't mind it so much because as the line producer, I'm sort of involved from the beginning, every step of the way, and, and like I mentioned, setting up the infrastructure for everything as it happens. So I, there are no surprises. You know, there are no. Um, I, there's not as much communication breakdown as I feel like if I'm just brought in as an assistant director um, on some things um, where it's a little disorganized or the proper things haven't been communicated or the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing like if you're in two separate departments that need to be communicating but aren't um, I think a lot of that if you're if you're doing both of those things a lot of that stuff gets nipped in the bud pretty early I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> you know doing it all the time um, because it is difficult but uh 
for Penn Gillette, for Jason, I will totally do it. So that's kind of what's coming up for me. Um, I feel like there's something I left out. Um, we have the Penn thing, the Adam Green thing may be coming. Uh, I am, oh, well, I, I guess I can't. I'm, there's some music video stuff that's happening that I, uh, I'm going to leave to the artist himself to mention when it happens. But that's kind of, I've been working on, that's been an ongoing thing. Like I've had, when I've had time here and there, even out in Vegas, I've gone out and shot some stuff for it. Uh, but there is going to be a dedicated sort of shoot time in Los Angeles uh, for us to knock out some music video stuff for this artist who is somebody I like a lot and uh, somebody whose work I've been listening to for a long time. Um, so we're going to do that. And then I've I um, reignited 30 to 45. I may have mentioned that last time. I did a re couple rewrites. It's now called Barely Living the Dream because why not just stick to the brand that I've established with this podcast, right? And that's essentially what it's all about. Um, and I am, come hell or high water, I'm going to try to get that made uh, by the end of the year. And fortunately, you know, I'm lucky enough in that these jobs that I'm getting pay well enough to where that is definitely a viable option. And, uh, so we'll see where that goes. I mean, everybody, for the most part, like 80% of people seem, from the first time, seem to be on board to try and make another run at it as far as doing it. Um, and then the other few people that I either haven't heard from or maybe it's not for them right now or whatever, um, I've already got ideas. Um, I've already reached out to a few people to sort of replace or recast. And it's, it's probably going to work out for the better anyway. Those things always do. But uh, so... That is, uh, that's definitely on the um, on the back. Not really on the back burner. It's the pan is moving from the back burner to the front burner. It just depends on uh, it depends on scheduling with these other projects. These like you know working gigs when I can uh, when I can fit everything in and figure out when to do my own thing again. Hopefully sooner rather than later though, because I'm really itching to get it done. Um, and then oddly enough. Um, well, actually, before I talk about that, one of the things that sort of really, uh, I, I just made, I just posted about this on Facebook too, but, you know, Mike Birbiglia has a new movie out that he did with Ira Glass and This American Life, and uh, it's a, it's called uh, Don't Think Twice, and it's about improv, improv comedy, basically, and what happens when your dreams come true for somebody else. Um, and I had the good fortune to get to check it out and it's much like his previous movie sleepwalk with me it's really really good and it speaks to me in a way that i feel like my work personally is heading sort of not in a different direction but it's it's maturing it you know it's not it uh, it's maturing because i'm maturing i mean i'm about to be 40 years old and it's like the stuff that i write or want to make now is not the stuff that I would write or want to make when I was 25 necessarily. Um, not that I dislike that stuff. I mean, but for for lots of different reasons, I've been kind of stepping away from horror stuff. Um, mostly, not. I mean, taste is a part of it, just because a lot of the modern stuff doesn't really appeal to me, and it all seems boring, and you know, it's the same thing over and over, and um, uninteresting to me. But also personal reasons, like I've mentioned it before, there's a lot of 
you know negative energy i guess i harbor for for various reasons be it you know the plagiarism thing or having bad experiences with people on such and such set and no you know having had to work with you know what i mean like it's like everything is colored and or or tainted um and just the i guess insular nature of that universe sometimes um you know, I've kind of taken a step back from it. Not to not to say that I don't still enjoy like a Nightmare on Elm Street and things like that. Obviously, I do, and I always will. But for whatever reason, that sort of move that 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 uh, realignment of my taste, I guess, or or whatever you want to call it, high taste hiatus. Because I'm sure I'll come back to it kind of coincided with me it, it's i remember it started around the time it was starting to happen around the time that i saw sleepwalk with me which is mike birbiglia's first film and that's a film that really it spoke to me on a lot of levels just artistically and and just the way it was put together and the way he decided to tell that story and it was right around the time that i was that i was sort of sowing the seeds in my mind of th what 30 to 45 would be uh, back when it was still called that and that that's one of the things that really inspired me to sort of get it all together and 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 fig, figure out how to tell the story and how to sort of put a lot more of me into it um because that's i think that's what people respond to um the personal experience and like the personal trials and tribulations so uh anyway that it's, I, I find that like his stuff, like his his just the two movies that he did, the specials that those movies are based on, uh, his stand up stuff. It's, it's it all is it really is becoming sort of like this creative one of one of the creative guiding forces for me, just because that's uh, that's kind of what I want to. That that's the target for me, you know. At least at this point in my life. Um, to tell those kinds of stories with that kind of honesty and uh also that kind that certain level of um lack of a button i guess like there's there's no real ending or it's it's just life you know things just kind of continue and, and go on and that's just how people live it's like I, I kind of am moving more towards that kind of thing um so it's uh it's funny that that you know he kind of had another he had another thing come out right around the time that i was kind of just sort of trying to reignite um this reignite uh this project that was initially somewhat booted in the ass by something i saw of his you know um so that's kind of that's kind of what's been going on, and uh, you know that also follows a year where I saw you know like Midnight Special, which is another example of that. It's like this is the kind of this is the kind of movie I'd like to make right now in my life. You know this this is the sort of the zone. Um, so I'm hoping to get you know that um, thirty to forty five is like that more in a comedic sort of weird um, Hollywood Shuffle type way. And then mystery spot is that more in a, I guess midnight special way, but even like Paris, Texas, you know things like that. It's it's like that slow and kind of measured pacing and and um, 
just the tangent to so I guess the human the character and the human uh, the quote unquote human drama that's happening and I, I find myself leaning towards that more and more um, like I said not to say that I'll never do a, a freaking gore fest again or try you know it's just it's not uh, it's just not something that's really sparking me right now um, you know maybe it will eventually again but with that said there is a horror so this is sort of like the next sort of crazy weirdo thing that happened um there is so there was a ghost script that I, and i've had it for a while i mean i wrote it before i wrote uh mystery spot or 30 to 45 or even placeholders um there's a a, a ghost script that i've had for a while that uh you know it's it went through a couple of permutations a lot of almost we had a bunch of people attached to it at one point some of which still are um um, and all most of whom still want to try and get it made um, but I hadn't I hadn't thought about it in a while for various reasons uh, some of which I won't talk about but um, it just kind of seemed like the time it was not the time for that film you know yet and I hear those stories all the time you know I know that there are projects that sort of almost go and then lie lie dormant for years and years and years until either a situation like the the uh, circumstances conspire to make it happen or the filmmaker gets you know excited about making it again or the money's there finally or uh the viewing the the atmosphere like out there you know for that product is is such that it will welcome it um so i you know it's like i hear those anecdotes all the time so i, I kind of didn't it sucked that I didn't get to make it at the time, but also I knew that it's it's not the first time this has happened, and it's not it's definitely not the first time it's happened, and I'm definitely not there. It happens to much much more famous and connected people than me, so no big deal. I'll kind of will set it aside, and I think actually actually after. Um, after the last sort of run of almost i actually did a quick rewrite of it uh for a couple of different reasons and then uh set it aside and decided to come back to it just at some point in the future you know and um i hadn't really given it much thought but i got uh, an email it was probably last monday and the email came from um one of the one of the lead actors in the film who's kind of come on as a, a producer like an associate producer and um he because he was one of the people that he helped us attach a couple of different people he helped us attach charles dutton to the film um there was a time where we attached a few other people and anyway uh i got an email and it said that uh um, Marlon Wayans was actually interested in the script and wanted to take another look at it. And he was a guy that we actually had approached back when we were trying to make the movie the first or second time. And I think at the time we just either couldn't get through to him or he didn't have time or I, you know, I don't remember exactly, but um, things had sort of opened up and he was interested in taking a look at the project again and uh was interested in seeing 
you know, get made. Um, so that happened. And so I had to spend the day like getting, getting stuff ready, you know, getting stuff ready to send over to, uh, to him and, you know, had to send him a watermark copy and things like that. So that's another thing that sort of was languishing and then sprung back to life out of nowhere. Um, and so we'll see what, we'll see what, uh, what Mr. Wayne's things. I hope you like it, Marlon. I, I, I really like you and would love to work with you. Um, and, uh, I, again, like I don't, and it's like, I've kind of loosened up about talking about this stuff because you never know what's going to, like, I never would have expected that to happen. And then who knows if this will actually lead to anything because I've had a lot of other near misses like this. I mean, I've got stories for days. Um, a lot of them made it into the, you know, 30 to 45 slash barely living the dream draft. And some of them I may have mentioned on here, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And then when something happens, if it's really going to, you know, lead to something really, really happening. But again, much like the will asking me about the Adam green thing, I'm flattered that, uh, whatever Marlon saw, initially he liked enough to circle back around and like take another look at it so thank you i appreciate it i'm glad that you sort of are at least digging the work somewhat um (laughs) uh hopefully we'll end up making a movie together and uh so that's something i'm sort of like wait and see you know waiting to see on right now as well and again that makes it's it's kind of weird because like i said i kind of had filed that project away for later and kind of wasn't not wasn't really thinking about it and i mean you know in a in a, in a way that's different from let's say placeholder season two or mystery spot or 30 to 45 you know in a way that's different from stuff that's kind of always there sort of percolating but you never know which one is going to move to the front uh, or you know what even the t- what the timeline's even going to be because there are so many other things going on and there's so many other concerns to keep in mind like money, time, not just mine but other people's you know other people's schedules when we could fit this stuff in, how we're going to work it out and then right when I think I've zeroed in on a on a time to you know figure it out I'll either not have you know not have the funds to do it or the support to do it or someone else's schedule won't line up or it'll be a you know there'll be a open month and then i'll get asked to i'll get asked to come on to a project that i can't say no to because it'll pay the bills for half a year you know which is happening a lot lately like uh just one of these things that i'm working on fortunately is gonna you know just one of those would make it to where i wouldn't have to work through you know until 2017 which is awesome. So I'm thankful that I've gotten to. I'm thankful that I've gotten to that point. And um, you know, maybe, maybe I keep joking that maybe I'll have to change the title of the podcast at some point, so it won't be so much barely living the dream. Um, but I know it all. It, it will be for a while, just because it's there's just when you think you get one problem solved, there's all these other issues that sort of spring up. Um, but those are, I mean, those things are kind of the things that I, I hope to continue to talk about because I, you know, when I, honestly, when I got that, that, uh, what is it, this, the email about, uh, 
the second Las Vegas movie, I really had to set back and look at my year and 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 really evaluate it and say to myself, you know, this is the bit cinema wise, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the busiest year I've had ever, you know, and uh, I may have talked about it on the the podcast where I talked about you know what I do for work and things like that, but this is this is definitely a year where almost all of my bills have been paid by movies, you know, thankfully. Um, and you know, there, uh, the, you know, the downsides to that are, I, these are all movies that are not, you know, mine, so to speak, you know, I'm working for other people, but that, you know, when, when the pay is good, I can deal with it because I'm still working on movies, you know, it's still, still doing something I love even if I don't love it that much, like, like assistant directing or something, I mean, there's still, it's, you're still part of the creative process. So, um, I think overall in the, in the ongoing war that's waging in my head that wins out over, you know, work a cubicle job or, or something like that. So like it, it definitely make that definitely brings me some measure of happiness. And then of course, the other downside is these things are all happening other places, so it makes it tough to be away from my kid and be away from my wife, obviously. Um, but we've, I think we've, we've reached a point to where I think we've got it somewhat figured out. And like I said, if I can, if I can stick the landing on one of these other things, um, well, I guess which I have so far. Um, it will it will put us in a situation where I don't really have to work for the rest of the year unless I want to. Um, so I guess you know it, it might be worth it to deal with it and then have the entire pretty much fall slash holiday season with my family. So that's uh, you know it's again one of those other trade offs and like I like I've mentioned before, I I try to contextualize it in the sense that I have just I I have one of those jobs that you have that requires you to be away a lot you know as if I were a uh, long distance truck driver or business traveler or consultant of some kind like I have lots of friends who have families and they have to travel for you know six weeks at a time just because you know oil they're on an oil rig out somewhere you know uh or an engineer building something somewhere, or uh, someone doing research on something in a remote location. So it's again not unheard of. It's just it's it uh, it still can be tough, and it's what made it tough in the tougher in the past was not really getting uh, not really getting enough money to sort of justify being being in that situation because all those jobs I mentioned pay pretty well. But now I've kind of reached the point to where that the scales tip the other way. Like I am getting paid really well to do this stuff. So awesome for me uh, and uh, looking forward to the future, you know, in that world. And also, I'm, you know, really, really looking forward to a future in which I can kind of start making my own stuff again. And um, the music video stuff is sort of a step in that direction. That's one of the reasons I took it on and I told the artist this is that it gives me a chance to 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 make my own stuff again like to uh I'll be you know direct 
I kind of conceptualized it a little bit with him. I'll be directing and shooting and editing and lighting and everything. So, um, looking for I'm looking really looking forward to that stuff. Uh, and then beyond that, who knows? Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm really trying to get 30 to 45. I'm barely living the dream, off the ground. Um, I've got it. I, I really, you know, have sort of tweaked it. I haven't really changed much, but I have tweaked it in a, in a, in a way that will make it make it a lot easier for us to make it happen among you know with limited means um, because our means are definitely limited. But I also think they kind of need to be because it's not a film that I could easily. I it's hard for me to imagine trying to pitch that trying to pitch that movie to somebody as an investor um not that not to say that i don't think it would be successful once we make it and it gets out there for people to see um but i think it's one of those things that's harder to it's harder to explain the worth of i guess until you have the finished product to show people like you don't you can't really um you can't really quantify the impact of it, I guess. Um, much like I feel that way about the um, the Birbiglia movies, for sure, you know, or stuff like shit like Hollywood Shuffle, like I mentioned, or um, uh, Living in Oblivion. I mean, I think it's it's obviously that kind of movie. So um, I think it'll 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 definitely find its people, um, and I feel pretty confident about how we are planning on making it. And I'm excited about some of the new sort of the new avenues or new roads that I'll be going down in in, in doing that. Um, so here's to hoping that that happens before the end of the year, before I turn 40. Um, other than that, uh, that's it's just I'm like I said, I'm just doing a lot of work right now. I'm I'm looking at a lot of spreadsheets, calling a lot of vendors, <laughs> talking a lot of day rates, getting a lot of crew applications. Um, as I line produce this Pendulette thing, um, and then once we get our dates set, I'll be you know I'll be on location for ugh, two or three weeks doing that. It's going to be crazy hot as it is already, <laughs> um, and so I'm sure I'll get I'm sure I'll get lots of podcast fodder from that experience. Um, and then after that, we'll see see where we go. Um, but I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up here before I ramble on too long. But I just wanted this just wanted to sort of get a little small update up out for everybody, let everybody know what's going on, let everybody know well, we haven't had any you know full on new episodes recently. We just really haven't had time. Um, I had intended to record a couple while you know you know while sort of working on all this stuff but I just know it's not going to happen uh, just because the time goes so fast and you know when we're on these movies especially as an AD when I'm uh, when I have a day off or have some time to myself I just want to sleep or just veg out I don't even want people to talk to me so um, <laughs> that's and I don't want to talk to people on mic or otherwise so um, that that goes you know that explains exactly why you're not getting a whole lot of this right now uh and i'm sure Brittany and chris feel the same way but i assure you that once they finish what they're working on now and we get a 
a time to sort of get together and discuss. You'll get a few good episodes out of that. I also plan to, um, at some point in the coming week, coming weeks, try and get with um, some of the Fade to Black alumna and do maybe like a retrospective kind of episode. Basically, like we'll just all sit around a table and talk shit about the movie, and they can talk shit about me. Um, just because I think it'd be fun. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do that as well. Um, other than that, I just keep an eye out, uh, keep an eye out on the website, on the website, which I'm terrible about updating, but I promise you're not missing a whole lot right now, but when there are like tangible news items based on the stuff that we are doing, um, like when the GTO video goes up live or something, I will make sure and link it. Uh, when placeholders goes live on Amazon prime, finally, I'll make sure and link it. Uh, when any of these other films kind of start to come out or we make an announcement about any of the future upstart stuff I'll be sure and put it up there uh, keep an eye on my twitter at upstart film um, you can add me on facebook Melhouse, and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast you know follow it on itunes or soundcloud throw up some comments if there's something you want to hear us talk about that we haven't sort of touched on be sure to do that um and i will i or others like me <laughs> will talk to you soon Oh yeah, they also talk about comics. Long Box Small Talk, weekly on bmoviesandebooks.com.